I'm an I'm an organ donor, which is like one thing. And I guess I don't know. I mean, I guess it's not a big deal, especially because like I want to be cremated. I don't want my body to like exist. Well, Jackie, they're gonna have to I find die. you. See this some, like the donating society. You know what I mean? At, the, at that point, I mean they're gonna have to. Oh my God! No, like find your body. That sounded awesome. Welcome back to Show Me Yours with Jackie and Johnny, everybody. I'm Jackie Agnew. And I am Johnny DeVito. You like the way I did that, eh? Yeah, You hear yeah, the inflection in really my voice, good. Jackie? Yeah. This is something that yeah. I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do this for the sake of the listener. Yeah, yeah. That's you know a, strong, I mean? a strong vocal tone. Yeah, I'm going to start reading like obituaries like this, just very sultry. And yeah. just phone people up randomly. Like, yeah. Like my, my I was going to ask where you would, the setting for reading these obituaries. I mean, not a lot of people, not a lot of views on Spotify. Right. right. Not a lot yeah. of people are getting into it like that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's just an untapped market. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I feel like if you do anything right, then for like the sense of like ASMR, people like murder. That's true. People like death. That I feel could like, be I like, could like a podcast capitalize. idea. I feel like people would fall asleep. People, there are definitely people out there that would fall asleep to the sound of someone reading like obituaries just from like, like that they just take from newspapers all over the world. What a morbid fuck. Can you believe that? <laughs> that is insane. I, I love the idea. Of it. But like, you know, nothing really gets me to sleep. Like, um, 72 year old father of three. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. Husband worked at the local mill for 74 years. It was. It would be interesting, too, because there would be, like, a mystery element of it because they, uh, for a reason that I can never figure out out why, they don't list cause of death in obituaries, usually. They, they, oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, they absolutely should, unless unless it's, like, really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Unless, like, you were trying to, like, take on, like, like, a herd, like, a pack of beavers and they lured you into their den. And I then, feel like they, they wouldn't. They would. Alive. I mean, that would be fucking sweet. I want but you to I disclose like that would, information. Like, if I. Oh died, yeah, really yeah. Cool. You absolutely yeah. should. But I don't know if they would. I feel like the only time I see anything related to cause of death in an obituary is if like someone you know was battling a disease for a long time, and um, it's like within it, they're like, oh, you know, after their long battle with fucking with, with, with cancer. Yeah, with see, but cancer. then, you, but you don't know that like that isn't. That wasn't in the ring against Johnny Ball Cancer Devito. Exactly. Like I told yeah. you last night, Jackie, I, if I, I was going to have, yeah, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this is for the listener. I yeah. I thought I was thinking that like if I was going to have, um, you know, like a fighting name, you know, like Johnny mm-hmm. El Cucaracha, you know yeah. what I mean, or Iron Mike Tyson, yeah. you know what I mean, right? Like yeah. something like that, right? It would be Johnny Cancer Devito, so then everybody could say they lost their battle with cancer, mm-hmm. or they awesome. beat cancer, Jackie. You know I'm going undefeated. <laughs> if I get in the ring right now, come on. Just look at this posture. Yeah, look at this posture. Look at this body. Uh, somebody posted a fantastic <laughs> photographer locally. Uh, local photographer posted uh, a picture of me and Peter Grant at the roast. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I mean, Peter Sky. looks like he's Shout having out fun. To Shout Sky. out to Sky. She uh, photographs a lot of comedy shows. Yeah. She's going to be photographing our roast battle this Ooh, upcoming friday this friday on the 12th get your tickets come, yeah come to little if you're uh listening and you're located in vancouver come out to little mountain gallery this uh friday november 12th for the roast battle and uh johnny and i are going up against each other in one of the undercard battles yeah we're gonna finally settle the score we're gonna yeah. finally know <laughs> 
Who's I, who? I, Neither I of us are excited to do that. No, I'm like pretty certain I'm going to lose. <laughs> you <think so>? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, don't pump my tires that much because my jokes suck if I don't get to bounce them off of you. Hey, that's enough for uh, for the niceties. Um, yeah. While we got you here, ladies and gentlemen, hit us with a like, do the subscribe. Do all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. This Leave episode is sponsored to you by nobody, but that's going to change pretty soon. More yeah, on that uh, next on week. More on that later. <laughs> um, leave a comment. Um, if you follow us on YouTube, leave a comment. We'll give you a shout out. Um, yeah, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. We're almost at 100 likes on Facebook. I love 100 likes. Yeah. I love 100 likes. Because Facebook love 100, is a little bit... Like, uh, you know what I mean? But that's the first step. 100 Facebook is, first is a step little bit harder 000. to get people. You know, pages on Facebook sure. aren't as big as like following Instagram accounts, you no. know? And you can't really like promote your page in the same way unless you're doing like paid like Facebook advertising. Ugh. Like you can't really do hashtags. Yeah, we don't pay people to advertise us. That's, yeah. that's crazy. We don't. Yeah. We don't. yeah. Yeah. Um, you so send money this way. Give us a like on Facebook. Whoever is our hundredth like will uh, give you a little shout out. Unless we don't like you. Then, yeah, uh, wouldn't we'll that do be? it to one oh one. That's probably how it'll happen. That's probably the way it's gonna go um, down. Follow us on TikTok. Um, we're 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 up there. You know, we're gonna we're gonna play around with TikTok a bit. Right now, it's just the clips. Um, but even if you follow us on Instagram, it's going to be pretty much the same content right now. But uh, just throw us a follow if you're on TikTok. We're All gonna, that's going to change very soon. Yeah, we're going to play with uh, the format us. a bit. Um, leave us a review. Uh, five stars. Um, share us with your friends. Share us in your Instagram story. And tag us. Stuff. And sure. we'll like re, uh, repost it. Um, interact with us. Send us a message. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Send us whatever you want. Yeah, and uh, yeah, come out to LMG this this Friday. You're here. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. You're here. Here now, here. Jackie, I thought we were here to talk about something. Yeah. Cheers. You get Cheers. Into it? Um, <laughs> this is very exciting mm-hmm. because. Well, first of all, uh, just so you guys know what's coming up, we're gonna be talking about Steve Miller Band's "Fly Like an Eagle." But all that, before, all that in a bit. But 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 before that, we have a, a very interesting story to, Jackie, to we dissect can, yeah, here. We're we're not gonna we're not gonna fly right into the future right you, now, okay? Into the seat. Yeah. Oh no, I saw like what, what you did, did there. there. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's a little bit. I need some acknowledgement. Ja- I acknowledge the foreshadowing <laughs> that you have here, but this. You know what? No pussyfooting around, Jackie. Let's get into it. All right. So a widow is stunned. After a death doctor used her late husband's body for a morbid $500 per person autopsy show. Now, Jackie, in the world of news Mm -hmm. and media, there's been a lot of great headlines. (laughs) You know what I mean, right? I'm not going to say that this one's the best, but I'm going to say that like this one is like, oh, my God, it is so good. So now. To just to just to just to recap a headline, mm-hmm. a man's body was sold. Yes, and a death doctor mm-hmm. was selling tickets five hundred dollars a piece. Yeah, that's no, that's nothing to shake to, a to, stick to at. To view a man's autopsy, if you got mm-hmm. five hundred bucks laying around to go to an event, what I'd suggest a, like Elton John or something. Even mean nothing to shake a stick at. Nothing to shake a stick at. I don't. I don't know. That's like nothing does, to shake a stick at. Do people do that? Well, if, like, if something oh, was good. Oh, that's pathetic. Yeah. Let me get my fucking switch. Well, I don't know about like the shake, but the shake, the shake a fist, get off my lawn. You know what I mean? Like if yeah, you, if, if, yeah. If, like you know s- stuff that sucks, you could shake stuff at. Sure. 
maybe, right? Yeah. We'll have to Why does anybody that, say that's nothing to shake a dick at? I would, that's where I was going with oh, it. Yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. Great mind. So, like, if something was like, um, that's nothing to yeah, shake a dick like at. A, like that a, is if, absolutely what we should if, start saying. Yeah, if, if, like, if, uh, if a gal is celibate, hey, that's nothing to shake a dick at over there. That's, yeah, you know, we exactly. That's some serious her. stuff. <laughs> respect your decision. Yeah, that is nothing to shake a dick <laughs> at. <laughs> like, oh, you just had a beautiful child. Yeah, well, that's exactly. nothing to shake a dick at. That's a. Parents, you gotta raise your boys right. You know? Yeah. Raise your boys right. Most things um, are nothing to shake a dick at. Yeah. Um,. <laughs> Including the body of this World War II veteran. That's not true, Jackie. If I paid five hundred dollars <laughs> to get into that event, I'm shaking dicks. I'm shaking dicks at that event. Um, yeah. So this is a a, a widow of a ninety eight year old war, World War II veteran who passed away in August, and his body was donated for scientific research. But recently, um, the widow discovered uh, because of a news report that his remains were sold and used for an autopsy show at a Marriott hotel in Portland, Oregon, Jackie, like, where attendees paid $500 each to watch. What event are you going to at a Marriott hotel where you're paying $500 Jackie, the only event that anybody's ever gone to a Marriott hotel for is like a company Christmas party. That's like significantly you know I mean? more than the rooms yeah. there. Oh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> right? The Oregon Marriott yeah. is, I'm assuming there's a convention Portland. center, right? Yeah, to yeah, make, yeah. Okay, so the guy, his body was purchased. Mm-hmm. For ten thousand dollars from so the the company, his family selected this company to donate his body to for research purposes, and I'm gonna say their name because kind of fuck these people. Sure, it's the Las Vegas based MedEd Labs, um, and they in turn, after the body was donated to them, body of a World War II veteran was donated to them for, for scientific research. They then sold this body for $10,000 to Death Science founder Jeremy uh, Siliberto. Siliberto? Kiliberto? Is he my countryman? Siliberto. It's a, I mean, there's a vowel, so. Dirty fucking Italian. Uh, <laughs> cut people open. Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. But the fascinating part was like... um. Uh, the that the lady found out through the news. Yeah. Now, I mean, the, the, okay, we're not gonna like e- fuck this company, right? Well, let's get all that right out of the way right now. Tragic mm-hmm. story, but hilarious. Like you could yes. not write that better. Say, yeah, you know what I mean. This widow grief strucken, um, in the kitchen, just like making some cookies, right? Yeah. She thinks she sees her husband out in the lawn, but oh no, that's 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 just the neighbor that's creeping mm-hmm. on the window or something you know what i mean something terrible right yeah. no no now the cookies are burning jackie yeah takes the cookies out jesus christ this is terrible mm-hmm. i can't make these for my grandson and then she goes in there to check on him maybe bring him a glass of milk with no cookies when he's expecting cookies and yeah. he's a little prick he's like fuck you grandma like she yeah. already has a whole lot going on right. right probably had kids young you know what i mean right i'm sure at this yeah these, yeah in, that, these things in those happen. times yeah yeah right and um you know what i mean so life for her is absolute hell and oh, then yes. at this moment on channel she five turns news. on the news because she just needs any distraction uh to to not think about the the recent death of her uh her her husband who was a hero yeah no like mm. i bet like he had he was meaning to fix the steps for like 10 years or something she tripped yeah. on those coming in the door mm-hmm. you know what i mean right um 
oh no, like the jacket still smells like his, uh, you know, like his exactly. cigarettes and his She's whores. probably wearing his house robe. Of course, Wearing right? his slippers. Still, And then she just turns on uh, King hey, 5 I just, News. I just want to forget about this yeah. guy for a second, right? Let's I just want to forget about my husband and sit down and watch mm-hmm. the news. Let's oh, wait. sit down and watch uh, King 5 News. Live from the Oregon <laughs> Marriott. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm uh, uh, Celeste here with King 5 News, live from the Portland Marriott Hotel at an autopsy convention where we are looking at the body of a recently deceased World War II veteran named whatever his name was. I feel like I, I we don't need to say his name. It's in the article. Oh, fair enough. But uh, and we'll post the article in the in the caption. Oh yeah, caption. Yeah, you guys got to check because you guys got to read this shit. It's by far the craziest. Um, thing so his body. If you, I'm sure you're all wondering what exactly was the nature of this performance, and uh, I'll I'll tell you. Jackie, they cut hands. <laughs> they cut arms. They cut legs. <laughs> Old school listeners might remember that story. I don't think you ever told. I don't think you told. I didn't it tell it on the it. podcast. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell that one day. Yeah. Um, next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so his body was displayed on a gurney in a conference room where a retired professor of anatomy used a surgical knife to slice into his head, limbs, and chest cavity and removed his organs and brain. Audience members were invited to prod his body during the three-hour show. See, Jackie, that's why you shake a dick, right? I mean, if they're inviting you to prod, then you can do that. But a three-hour show, I mean, this should absolutely be, like... You know, for like five hundred dollars is a steep ticket, but when you think of, um, you know the the production cost of the show itself, right? So now right. It's, it's a bunch of oddities and shit that's going that's on there true. too, they right? Have so they to, probably they have got to break even. Exactly, here. Yeah, right? Yeah, they bought the body for ten thousand dollars. They only I have mean, to sell twenty tickets just to break even. That's true. Just I on the body. How big this conference room was. I imagine. Oh, Jackie, they chose the Marriott. Uh, because, because I mean, they're known for ample their, space. Their, <laughs> ample. their vast conference space. Oh, absolutely, right? You have Christmas <laughs> party there where a guy's just shaving roast beef at the end of the fucking buffet line. And uh, they do that and also mm. human dissection. Yeah, that, I mean, it's, it's where like the all the best, that go down. Uh, the best performances, you know, you know really I, occur in the Oh, everybody says that. If I've heard it once, I've heard it a million times. If I'm yeah. not going to the Oregon Marriott tonight, mm-hmm. then I'm not going out. Exactly. You know what I mean? I it's got five hundred dollars burning a hole in my pocket. Let's go and see this him cut up. Veteran a, uh, is yeah. getting cut up tonight, and I'm not about to fucking miss it. Isn't it weird? There's an eighty year old guy. Too? Ninety-eight year old. Ninety-eight year old guy. <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ! Yeah. Like that should cost extra. Right. You know how rare dead people are mm-hmm. to come across, like just like a dead body that you would be able to like dissect or whatever. Mm-hmm. I bet of the pool mm-hmm. of dead guys. 98. 98. Yeah, you get like a 45, 50, you know what I mean? The heart, That's probably heart attack, why it's you so know, expensive. disease and shit like that for sure, yeah. right? $10,000. And the historical value of the body. Oh, it, yeah, World was, War II. Yeah, right? Thank exactly. you for your service. Mm-hmm. My goodness. He I, was rubbing shoulders with the the Nazis. Well, I don't think he was rubbing shoulders. Hopefully he, he was blowing have, holes through him, Jackie. You think, I mean, did you, you think? Know. Like it was just on Christmas where they had like a ceasefire? Maybe yeah, he went over yeah. there, snuck into the thing. Like him yeah. and, you know, him and... Uh, what, what's 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 a German guy's name? Him and Hans. Klaus. Uh, Klaus. Him and Klaus <laughs> fell in love. Sorry. 
know what I mean? They found love in the, in that trench. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and that and then that love inevitably just uh, you know turned back to war. It's a love story. It's a tale as old as time. Yeah. Exactly, and right? this is not how he imagined his. Uh, after all he's been through. After all he's been through, he has a loving wife at home. Plus, like who the, thought that she was oh, doing yeah. the best thing she totally. possibly could? Right? What a noble thing. I can't imagine. Shout out to this lady. If we like this lady. Who, if, Listener of the week. If you passed away suddenly, I would not be on board for donating your body for scientific research. Like, just imagine like what that. What takes. if they did something real cool? with it though i mean if they were gonna sell it for if i could sell your body for ten thousand dollars for an autopsy convention it would be hard to turn down i'll 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 say that i currently owe the Uh, canadian government a little (laughs) over ten thousand dollars and i mean if i could sell my body for ten thousand dollars six hundred and ninety one then i'd be out of i'd be out of a whole lot of trouble with with our own government but i mean if you if i could use it for you to get ahead (laughs) <laughs> you know, in your life, right? Because if I had that money today, I'd just have to give it all away and my life would just still be exactly the same. Right. The yeah. thing, though, when you die, you're, any, like, debt you have kind of cancels out except for student loans. So the people who survive you still have to pay off your student loans when you die. Really? Yeah. The price of knowledge. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I yeah, I can't, uh, just, like, imagine, uh, like, what a, a noble thing to do, to, like, donate the body of someone you love to scientific research like that would be hard to get your your head around i think like i i'm an i'm an organ donor which is like one thing and i guess i don't know i mean i guess it's not a big deal especially because like i want to be cremated i don't want my body to like exist well jack you're gonna have to find you see this uh, (laughs) like the donating society you know what i mean at at that point i mean they're gonna have to oh my god no like find your body that sounded awesome jesus christ (laughs) Clip that. Um, <laughs> like you moved on from it so fast. You're gonna find body. <laughs> I mean, like if you donate it to science and you want your body yeah. to be cremated, then they're gonna yeah. have to track down all the sources of the places that they sold your body to because maybe they sold like your thumb to thumb science building and then they sold your like your, yeah. your foot to foot science. Well, building. that's why I guess I don't know why the idea is so like uh, unsettling for yeah. me when it's like I just want like for me I I think that. Uh, the most settling thing is just for the body to not be there after you after you like take off into the the nether realm i think that there's an energy factor like do you mm -hmm. like are you holding on to this bag of bones like do you have like a piece of like yeah yeah. Uh, but i think that again that's why the idea of it being preserved for people to to do what they will with it for research and shit like that creeps me out for my body to be like examined and, and Someone's stuff gonna like that. Someone's going to slap a titty around and stuff like that. Like yeah. what if they're just not going to treat you right? Yeah, I think exactly. Like, yeah, <laughs> my thing for me is that like my dick doesn't look cool unless I touch it a couple times. So like when I'm dying, if I think so like everybody in mm-hmm. science is going to be like six foot three, 230 pounds. It's a big dude. Oh, well, that's mm-hmm. unfortunate. Well, that's and I'd be like, yeah. I was in the pool. Like, I've been dead for like ever. But I just don't think that I'm going to die with a hog on me. So, like, in that sense. Right. Well, that's, know, I mean, that's just embarrassing. It's similar I got to a lot of recognizable tattoos and a face and stuff like that. I'd be a public figure by then, hopefully. Yeah, it's similar <laughs> to flicking nipples. I would need I would need to hire. I would need to plan ahead and have, like, a, a designated Like a nippleectomy before. Oh, yeah. oh, well, no, because you couldn't flick would the it, nipples after death. What, like, yeah, like, it wouldn't, like, So, the yeah, you would need, like, some kind of, like, uh, you would need some kind of, like, a nipple implant so that you're like so yeah, your nipples always like look always hard. hard yeah yeah but there's no dick surgery for that there could be <sighs> i don't day. think there's nipple surgery for that either i know but i think <laughs> it could be easier. 
<laughs> to just transplant like other stuff a little marble like, in there or something yeah. and it just looks all sweet and hard all the time right yeah like yeah, for me exactly. i just like put a kilbasa on it that's yeah do- dead bodies are soft bodies and we want to be like they turn to be hard yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean don't ask me how i know yeah. <laughs> and so so this body became of a part of uh Silberto's, uh so the death science founder his uh oddities and curiosities expo and he said that his this is a quote from him that his company death science made it clear that they would be selling tickets and that the body broker had provided an anatomist for the event so his defense is that the the body broker so the the company that this body was donated to uh, under the pretense that it would be used for scientific research that they knew who they were selling this body to is but the this wife not science, did not is <laughs> this not science i see but if, if this was if this was held in a um in a medical mm-hmm. institute where students were watching this body be performed so they could learn how to further go and give autopsy stuff like that right it'd be a totally different story yeah because right? they're the not paying they're 500 dollars each yeah, yeah exactly it's like it's Bartman, and fucking bailey and the wrigley's an, ripley's believe it or not yeah people are coming an through. oddities and curiosities expo like See, Jackie, it's purely for pageantry yes but like you mm-hmm. could go there and buy like you know what i mean like a like a straight jacket or like a, mm-hmm. like embalming equipment from the 1800s like right. that shit is cool as fuck but like I can't afford it, and I just want to go there to people watch because, like, that's where you see like people mm-hmm. that just wear like top hats and like steampunk goggles for right. fashion, right? Yeah, that's yeah. where you like you find like long, flowy purple coats yes. and people with fingerless gloves. Yes. Not ironically, and yes. that's the kind of world that I want to surround myself in, if only for an afternoon. Of course, yeah, right? yeah. You want to be a visitor in that world. And mm-hmm. if you get a wristband into this event, mm-hmm. I wonder if you could just walk around like the rest of the convention center. Looking at all the oddities, mm-hmm. and or if it's a five hundred dollar all in, you get to you get to view everything, or if you basically it's like twenty bucks to get in, and mm-hmm. it's like oh if you want to see a ninety eight year old guy get cut open, we're gonna take his fucking brain out in like mm-hmm. an hour, and you can prod him. You could pay like uh like an extra five hundred bucks for that. Yeah. See, I wonder how they have the event set up because like I mean, either way, it's uh. It's, it's weird, but it's like Halloween time. It's like macabre and like mm-hmm. spooky and stuff like that. Yeah. So like it's, um, you know, I, I don't know if I'm as mad at like the, con- I don't know who I'm mad. I, I think that yeah. I'm mad at, uh, at just like the circumstance. I'm upset that like the mm-hmm. lady had to find out that way, but yeah. like also it makes it hilarious. Yes. This is the craziest story of all found time. Out through the news. Yeah. I think I, I mean, I'm, like, I'm glad that's not my grandmother and I have to console her because yeah. like, that's crazy. But I mean, you know. I think that if we're going to point to a villain, I think it is the the company who the body was donated to who then sold it for $10,000. I think that is the the, the axis of evil here. Those companies are (laughs) fucked. And there has been, um, I I don't even know if it was Las Vegas, but I'd like to, um, I'll look this story up after the podcast, maybe uh, during a break here. We're, when a few, um, I want to say a few years ago, within, within the past few years, there is a company that's um, that does the same kind of business or whatever. People are donating their bodies to them for science. Mm-hmm. And at this like warehouse, mm-hmm. when police went in to investigate, I have to have told you about this, Jackie. This is fucking wild. When they went in to like investigate, these people were like amputating dead bodies, and they're like they had like a bucket full of toes and shit like that, or they had they had a bucket full of something, mm-hmm. and 
in the back room they had like a Frankenstein yeah. person sewed together where it was like the head of like a small woman onto yeah. like the body of it was like I somebody sewed your head story. onto my body. Yeah, right? I don't know if it was you told me about it or if this was like a story that was, I was in the news. I was talking about it for a long time yeah. when I found out about it because it was the wildest shit that I, I remember. Ever heard, yeah, right? like I that one this. was um, yeah. like there wasn't like it's like too much hilarious about it other than like the 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 complete lack of oversight and the complete right. lack of um basically uh government vetting or like expertise that any particular company has to have to do this kind of work mm-hmm. once you like set up a business and uh you know and have like yeah. massive storage coolers and shit people just bring you the bodies i guess or whatever right and then i think the people that worked there were just so bored mm-hmm. that they were just like fuck it and they started <laughs> like piecing things together which is fucking crazy right yeah but this story has everything like i picture like the guy that like cut him open and mm-hmm. like a you know kind of like a top hat long flowy like black coat or whatever but the red plush like underneath or whatever so mm-hmm. you can kind of see it you know what i mean um pencil thin mustache right maybe a wand definitely yeah. gloves definitely yeah. gloves yeah you know um i want him to be like a traveling circus man yeah in my head mm-hmm. or like um like a mad scientist, but mm-hmm. like uh, like a uh, Nightmare Before Christmas scientist, right. like in a wheelchair, yeah, and like yeah. you know, like Doctor Strange love. Yeah, <laughs> there's this. Um, oh fuck, I'm gonna forget the finer details of this whole uh, of this whole story. Um, but I'm gonna try and tell it anyways. There's this book called um, I think I believe it's called Devil in the White City, and it's about uh, yeah, <laughs> it's about. <laughs> It's about the, like, Chicago, like, the great um, Chicago fair. You know the thing that they did where they would do these great fairs to for the cities to, like, show off the things? Similar to, like, Expo 86. Exactly. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was the great... The Chicago the great, Fair, I think. Isn't that sh- what they called? I believe it was the Chicago that Fair. Like Chicago ex- expi- Expedition. Couple it's like a world fair. Chicago it was, like, the world... The, world, sure. the same ones were that they debuted the Eiffel Tower at. You know that they had they had it in Paris one year, and they every city that hosted this exposition exposition fair whatever, I believe it was just called a fair like the World Fair. Sure. Um, they the city would want to show something off, and so for the Paris one, they made the Eiffel Tower. Gangster. And okay. so Chicago followed that one. Yeah. And this book, oh, it's so well written. Holy did Chicago fuck. do? I mean, how so do you follow up the Eiffel Tower? That's pretty. So good. basically, so this book. Um, what year? 18 it's in the i want to say 1886 for some reason now i have to look this up um so basically the book is about like the fair plus um this guy devil in the white city by eric larson i encourage everyone to read it it is fucking fascinating um i think i gave it to my brother okay never mind um anyways so it's about 1893 i was pretty close I said 1886. Um, yeah, yeah. We're not going to split hairs for. And so the 1893 years. World's Fair. And so it's about the time that this was going on. And then uh, the build up to it, it was a fucking shit show, this fair. And so basically, uh, to answer your question, what the thing was that Chicago brought to this fair was the first Ferris wheel. The guy like built. They they didn't have anything. It was like they had uh, this competition for people to like come up with this crazy structure they could uh, yeah. they could debut, and it was the Ferris wheel. But so this That's book so fucking lame. Was it uh, big? 
well, it was like yeah. the Seattle Ferris wheel was a big but one. But it was the first one ever. Sure. So it was okay. crazy for people. They were know. like, there's no way this is going to work. This is going to kill many people. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So, so the book talks about, you know, everything leading up. It's so interesting. Such an interesting, like, little capsule of history. But at the same time, in Chicago, there was this guy, uh, Daniel Burnham, who was this, like, crazy, like, mass murderer that, like, uh, um, was a predator to, like, young women in, like, their early 20s and and shit. And because the the World Fair was happening at the same time, there were so many, like, young people in town to, like, see what was going on. So he just had a fucking field day. And so he would, like, take – he built, like, this fucking small, like, apartment complex – and so would have people stay there during the fair. And so like all the women, he would kind of like seduce and then eventually like fucking shove them in an oven. And yeah, when they fucking found this oven, there's like fucking handprints and shit all over it. And then like um, the connection uh, from what we're, we're talking about is I believe afterwards there was some element of bodies being taken or used for like there was a doctor who would take uh, bodies and like sell them to you know scientists or schools or whatever for you know dissection purposes and okay. I can't remember if like he was like selling these bodies after he killed it was something like that like he was making a profit off of it it was it's so fucking interesting and I had never wild. heard of it before never I'm, heard of this all this shit before I heard it here first oh my god it's like this book it, yeah everything like weaves together it's so fucking interesting cool. but yeah so people have been doing like selling doing wild shit I, I mean there's a profit you can make if you have like an intact body and especially because he was going you know kind of underground like his buddy was this like fucking doctor that yeah. would kind of like you well, know Jack, I was involved in crime back in the day i mean when i was uh, when i when i was a youngster and i mean if you couldn't you know sell anything we always said everything's worth mm-hmm. a half gram you know what i mean at least yeah. right so i'm sure you can get you know something i mean hopefully more than a, a small amount of, of street drugs <laughs> for, for a body but my fucking god what a story yeah what bodies a fucking story. have a have a high price point yeah d- I, I mean you know i I've paid, you know, upwards to like $300 for an hour for the company of one live body. You know what I mean? Imagine, <laughs> imagine what I'd have to pay for the company for of, a, of a dead, of a dead of one. A dead one. Upwards of $10,000, apparently. Yeah, but then I could do anything I want with it. Then I could sell tickets, right? Once yeah, I start, then, then, you then can I start build fucking selling tickets. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that is awesome. So cool. Also, like people... I don't know if like so donating your body for s- scientific research does that like fall under the umbrella of like med school students that use that's like cadavers for practice? That's like the only thing that I thought. Because like what el- what, what else? What a way to like what? end up. You're just like gashed apart by somebody these. Somebody like has a f- <laughs> I can't remember who's bit it is, but like imagine you're just like the the body that like the person the kid fails and he just comes in all hung over. They like throw an F on your titty. I can't remember fucking. <laughs> Like so weird. So the it's whole crazy. the whole concept is creepy to me. So I just want to be cremated. I just don't want like with a physical. Yeah, burn me up. Yeah, burn me up. No, mm-hmm. I'm into that. I like the take my one. organs if you must. I don't know. Like some of them might not be like that great for you. I don't like uh, 
liver. What? You mean you your fucking... Don't want. Yeah, your probably liver is just a fucking liver. punching bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a fucking... I don't know the state of my lungs. Your liver is just an old leather sack. Yeah. <laughs> like an old lady's per- coin purse. Exactly. <laughs> I fucking think it's useless. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my brain, note, though. A, yeah, we can take a, a We're going to take too. our first break. We'll be right back. Our first of many. We take breaks now. We take breaks. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. That we are. That we are. <laughs> yeah. Just oh, small shit. correction. Oh, God. Oh, is it? Is it unfreezing? Is that why it does that? I don't know. We have some frozen beverages here. We have a frozen beverage. <laughs> I don't mind it's frozen exploding beer, now. For the listener, we'll break it down. It's like we'll a beer sludge. Yeah, we'll let them behind the scenes here. So yeah. what happened is. You know, you have a, a tremendous lack of, of respect for me, so you bought me warm beers. Okay, no. You bought I, me beers, so it's I, like, that's awesome. No, I'm just, I'm just but I wanted, I see, I was standing there, and in this particular liquor store, they don't refrigerate old Milwaukee's, and they only had, like, Kokanee and Budweiser in the fridge, so I was in a position where I had to choose between getting you cold Kokanee's or getting your preferred beer. Or respect my brand loyalty. Exactly. So, Jackie, this was a tremendous amount of respect, and I was just kidding. I would never <laughs> say anything. Thank you for the beer, by the way. Because what happened was just a happy accident, right? In the half mm-hmm. an hour leading up to this. Yes. The beers were just chilling. Now mm-hmm. yours, ice cold. Yeah. Mine somehow frozen, yeah. solid, which is I fine. Why. I think because mine, maybe mine are not carbonated. So oh, and I it's vodka too. Yeah, and it's vodka. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, okay. So yeah. regardless, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Yeah. Small correction. In this book I just talked about, I said the, the serial killer's name was Daniel Burnham. Uh, that is the name of the one of the fair designers i will not disparage this long dead man oh the serial killer's name was hh holmes allegedly he changed his name a lot i wanted to get that clear okay fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. honestly sounds like a fantastic <laughs> book devil in the white city devil in the white city sounds racist but it's actually about the first serial killer so yeah um jackie what are we here talking about today we're here to talk about steve miller band's album from uh 1976 fuck yeah 1976 fly like an eagle time keeps on slipping <laughs> slipping slipping into the future i nice. love that you like that jackie see sometimes <laughs> like a lot of people don't know this but mm-hmm. i have the voice of an angel yeah right but i also harmonize yeah oh, well, don't don't, don't jackie they're like we the, the team like the team <laughs> the, the earning potential here it's fucking tremendous. <laughs> but the like the important thing that we need to um, address before anything mm-hmm. is that I don't know anything about Steve Miller Band. Mm-hmm. I mean, up until like listening to this album, obviously some undeniable hits and classics, mm-hmm. fucking classics. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no song in the world that is more classic or mm-hmm. takes me back to a better place than that of my mom's couch when I'm a kid watching space jam on mm-hmm. vhs yeah. on repeat yes so where as i'm going to say right off the top this mm-hmm. album is not my favorite from front to back mm-hmm. i think cohesive issues and um, a little bit all over the place as far as a full album is concerned mm-hmm. sure but mm-hmm. you brought me like the best you know like the best song of my childhood nice. so that's pretty cool nice the one on Space Jam is actually a cover by Seal, as I'm, I'm sure oh, you know. Oh, then fuck yeah. this bitch. 
But uh, yeah, so this album is the ninth studio is album. Yeah. Seals over here covering Steve Miller. Oh yeah. Uh, it's not much different. <laughs> it is very similar. Um, so this a is the ninth. Spacey, a little more psychedelic. Yeah. Okay. The ninth studio album. Uh, this by piece stinks. Steve it's all Miller over the band. desk. It does. It, it smells. Lo- it smells a lot like. Skunk smells like some drinking here. In here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to let you guys know we're dealing. With. Yeah. Just you know the conditions we're working under. All right. To to give you this this ought. This is um, <laughs> gonna die for your art. Um, released May 1976. Uh, formerly. Uh, for any of you who don't know, they 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 used to be the Steve Miller Blues Band, but when they signed to Capitol Records in 1967, they changed their name. So the same year that this if album this, was if released, the, if the Steve Miller Blues Band made this album with like mm-hmm. four, uh, five of the songs that are on it, mm-hmm. I would have some. I would have a gripe of calling them just a blues band. Yeah, so they but they changed their names like right before this this album came out. So this um, album was pretty like immediately successful with uh, three like huge singles that I think most of you have probably heard. Obviously, "Fly Like an Eagle," um, "Rockin' Me," "Keep on a Rockin' Me Baby," <laughs> yeah. "Take the Money and Run," "Go on, Take the Money and Run," uh, classics. Undeniable, and yep. So it's often it's cited as one of the greatest rock albums, though I will say if you listen to it now, it can admittedly sound a little bit dated just because of like the way that it's recorded. It's very like atmospheric, like a lot the songs kind of flow into one another. There's, yeah. And yeah. Um, it definitely sounds like a. Uh, an album from the 70s like you would never hear an album like this in modern days so it is, it is a bit sound can sound a bit dated but the i think best it's the mix like the, the 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 jarring thing for me is the hard changes from like pure psychedelic kind of mm-hmm. trance stuff all the way to like there's like uh there's a run i i, 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 t- I took some notes when i was listening to this because i wasn't mm-hmm. going to remember it specifically but um when they go like fly like an eagle but like the the intro to this album into mm-hmm. fly like an eagle and then like it's all completely spacey and the first guitar riff doesn't really come until like the fourth like track when it's right. like serenade yeah but serenade still is kind of like a repetitive but like almost like a ballad mm-hmm. like as well and then it goes back to from spacey to like the most countryest song ever with like dance 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 mm-hmm. so like it's like it, it takes these like genre yeah. kind of like um like shifts mm-hmm. and then like mercury blues like you're back to you're back to blues yeah. right and yeah. then you know what i mean take the money and run like to take the money and run mercury blues and rock me baby mm-hmm. is like the best chunk of this album right like undeniably for me anyway right because it's yeah kind of stuff definitely that, like. that middle chunk is like pretty oh fucking yeah solid but there. then it goes into like blue odyssey mm-hmm. which is like a psychedelic one minute intro mm-hmm. for like a bluesy song after yeah. and that's the weirdest shit that i've ever heard on a rock record yeah it is you know interesting I mean? because like not that i didn't like it but i was just when i'm listening to it i was like like where are we going here it does sound like <laughs> it could yeah because it does a lot of there is a lot of mixing of uh genres in this album but at the same time they have all that like atmospheric stuff that makes it kind of flow together mm-hmm. like it was difficult last night uh when when we went over to ties and we listened to kind of the first half and then we were coming back and we started where we left off and it was that's a different re- different record it's you know it's what I mean? difficult like if you, if you're not, aside if you're not from like the the hits that you can yeah. obviously take out and listen to whenever 
uh, aside from those few songs, it's difficult to jump in and out of this album. Yeah. You kind of have to listen to it. Oh yeah. All at once. But that being said, uh, even though it's it's dated, uh, the best moments of this album, like those three hits, are like uh, some, some of the best classic seventies rock and roll. Classic examples yeah. of seventies yeah. rock. Oh no! Like, yeah. I, like, absolutely. I think like um, there's a there's a nostalgic, uh, you know what I mean, kind of kind of thing there where like every um every movie that you love from that era has kind of got you mm-hmm. know what i mean these things like it's so like i don't know classic and iconic for those songs mm-hmm. where um it's interesting when a band um kind of wants to do something that's uh, like make one album that's a little bit uh i i haven't listened to the rest of their stuff but mm-hmm. i would I'd, I'd wonder if it was um if this was kind of a departure for maybe just like straight blues kind of like start straight rock and roll kind of stuff right mm-hmm. so because it does sound like experimental in the sense that it's not like um it wasn't a trend you know yeah. in in rock that kind of kept picking up like tr- like psych bands were mm-hmm. like psychedelic it's yeah. kind of like f- all the way through yep you know what i mean yeah, and yeah. it definitely shows that they got some chops and they're like willing to take some risks yeah but in the long run um for somebody that's not you know, like a, like a pr- previous fan of the band or didn't know, really f- mm-hmm. made the whole record seem like uncohesive. Well, I'll tell you. So when this album or when this band, um, their first kind of period of their time together as a band, yeah. they were a blues band. And then and we're yeah, more blues rock and like kind of psychedelic experimental stuff. And then I believe it was 1973 when The Joker came out. And after that, they kind of just started churning out like pop rock hits. Okay. And so this album comes three years after The Joker. And so it's kind of like a mix. You can see, obviously, they're, they're, hit, they're writing hits in the album. But then they also kind of have like their, their, you can still hear their, you know, psychedelic rock and blues rock roots in this album. But like, but yeah, you can I, yeah. also see how after, after The Joker they started just like churning out hits that everyone can listen to oh for sure yeah. for sure but, but like, before I, that time like that's not they were more yeah the more like kind of like weird like atmospheric psychedelic oh yeah stuff there's that like was, there, yeah. there's like three songs on this record that would be more at home on a ccr record than they would like than they feel like on this one i mean front to back from, yeah from like my like but this was at a time here, when they were sure. you know kind yeah. of like yeah. changing over like that um so as you said fly like an eagle was uh is covered by seal for space jam and uh as an aside steve miller thanked seal for this cover and said it was one of the best covers of his songs he's ever heard because it's like exactly like his song (laughs) (laughs) it's fucking identical with a better voice Um, (laughs) and um (coughs) of course we all know that space jam features the great bill murray and amongst Bill, other greats but uh, yeah but, the, yeah, but no, for the course, purpose of this course. question oh, <laughs> oh we've got questions? Cool. Yeah. it's question time um friend of the show bill murray friend of the show absolutely. and he's known for his uh shenanigans oh he's, he's you know one. popping jinks. up places fucking going behind the bar Do you'll making never believe drinks forever exactly so if you achieved bill murray level notoriety and fame and (laughs) and didn't have anything else to do with your time what would be your bill murray-esque 
shenanigan bathhouse. Um, <laughs> I'd just be laying in a fuck swing. No one's gonna believe it. Uh, yeah, someplace where they didn't have phones. No, um, uh, probably like Halloween, kind mm-hmm. of like some, like some, God, something like that. I'd, mm-hmm. Off the top of my head, I might fuck this up because I'm gonna, you know, as soon as we stop the camera, I'm gonna yeah. think of like, yeah, yeah something a little bit um, better but i would like to maybe like american beauty it and just like apply for mm-hmm. menial jobs mm-hmm. yeah. and just like show up to work but i guess it is kind of bill murray-ish yeah but like it would just be fun to go to taco bell yeah you know what i mean and, and see like you know just like back there yeah like, or um do like small like struggling restaurants because i worked in restaurants for a long time so that'd mm-hmm. be fun so if you went to like small local places or whatever and then like it would just be like a thing around Vancouver, like, oh, maybe one day Johnny was going to like come into a restaurant and like help out or whatever. So like I would yeah. take a restaurant that I liked that would be like, um, you know, relatively dead. And then I put like a line around the corner. I want to do like some Robin Hood shit like that. Yeah. Or um, I would probably like, b- b- like go to like a drug dealer's house. like i sold weed to johnny devito (laughs) tell your friends i like the idea i know that uh (laughs) (laughs) i'd go buy dime bags off the local fucking kid on the corner that would be your hijinks that would be yeah that could be the coolest (laughs) story that kid would ever have man bill murray bought a fucking dime off me (laughs) i like the idea and i know bill murray has done this I like the idea of showing up to a random like like college party, like a random kegger, and just like coming in and like partying with everyone, well, and didn't, just like, being like, "You'll never." Because he he has done this. Yeah, but before, didn't the but guy I'm, from uh, Victoria like show up to like piss all over like your friend's oh, place? Oh, Mac or DeMarco, but yeah. he, that's not really like a famous thing. That's just like he that's was just in being town. A dick? Oh, okay, yeah, because like yeah, because a lot like, of people from the island have Mac DeMarco stories. That like would that. be awesome. Yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. A, a lot of times, yeah. especially like later in life, like I, I enjoy staying in, mm-hmm. but you know like as soon as i get like a couple in me and there's like a good time around the corner mm-hmm. like i'll fucking turn it on pretty quick so yeah, like yeah. yeah like if i could be just like the if life of like a silly by. young party because it's like you know when like that happened he wasn't like out searching for like a kegger like he must have just been you know on a walk or whatever and he was like there's a party going in in there. It would be crazy if I just walked in. That would be <laughs> like, like if, if yeah. So if it went down like that, yeah. then for sure like because that like be the so thought of fun. going to a college party it sounds horrendous. I would never in the fucking fuck, face. No, but are you kidding me? That's one of the places I got roofied. <laughs> success. That's fucking terrible. You can suck. Um, yeah. Nothing. Nothing happened. For it's not. It, it's not as dark as it sounds. <laughs> Tragedy plus time, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, if uh, if you could immediately like walk in and like and turn some party around, you know, it'd be even cooler. Mm-hmm. It would be to show up to like the loser kid party. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if there was like They're a like Dungeons and Dragon party, games. yeah, like nobody wanted like, to show up and shit like that. Uh, and like we just, yeah, you, the two of us, we just walk in. Like I got like a fucking like two thirty racks of beer, and you just got like two bottles of fucking tequila. Yeah. And we were like, let's turn this motherfucker out. Imagine like the scenario like last night where we're sitting around watching UFC playing. That's tet- a loser party. Those we were friends. Playing, but yeah, not. I don't mean loser party, but just like a chill. Like we're playing Tetris. <laughs> we were adults on Saturday night playing, playing Tetris, Tetris yeah, no, and it, watching and watching the fight. And yeah. fucking Bill Murray walks in. That'd be cool. Imagine spot. we would have to force Ty to relapse. It would suck. <laughs> oh yeah, no, for sure. 
but imagine like the the like how much like Bill Murray would thought that section just to walk into a room of five comedians. Be yeah, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this is worst case scenario. Like, who's sucking my dick first? Yeah, because he would see the fucking lights from the like if he was walking, say, in this hypothetical scenario, Bill Murray is walking down past Ty's house and he sees the, street, the neon and he's like where fucking... can I yeah and he sees the fucking lights he's like I should see what's going on in here walks into a room of five comedians playing Tetris did you ever see the <laughs> did I show you the South Park episode of the Jonas Brothers no the Jonas Brothers uh, like after the concert um, some of the like uh, crew or whatever brings a couple girls backstage so they're all lining up and they're like I wonder what the you know what they're gonna say to us and the one girl's like uh, hopefully we get to suck their dicks <laughs> just yeah. like, what? the Jonas Brothers walk out of the room because one girl's like what are you talking about and the Jonas Brothers walk into the room and then all the the entire line of girls just like pop <laughs> the mouths just go wide open oh I guarantee you'd be the same situation for Bill Murray totally oh my god yeah we'd be fighting <coughs> fighting each other yeah, 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 you'd have to fight us off him, which yeah. would be weird. Be yeah. like Bill Murray died in a weird, uh, in but a, a situation a like that, I think, would be would be fun, like job. a like a one off. Like obviously, we don't want to be hitting up college keggers every day, but just I in think like there'd a, be like a serious decline in our career after that. Yeah, they'd be that. like it, at first it was like fun, and now it's like kind of weird. They're like they don't even out. want yeah. us there anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but just to do like a one off like that, and to, for it to happen like by chance, it'd be like so much that. fun, so yeah, much fun, yeah. so goddamn to cool. like be walking by and to know that you're that well known that it would be wild for you to walk in and it, there wouldn't be anyone being like who the fuck is this I w- person I would yeah. love that would you be into that level of recognizability uh, like because yeah. it's a two-headed sword right like obviously you <laughs> I know, know what I mean there'd be the good side of it the bad side because like I, there's a lot of times where you're not into yeah. the shit I yes that's that's true there obviously there are parts about it I would hate but to be I, if I'm being completely honest it's like I I really I really we do want to be loved and, and yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah. I, okay and I know good. if if that ever did happen I'm sure I would hate it it would make me so anxious all the time but just like thinking about it now and when i'm in a position where i'm like there's no way that's ever gonna happen sure, yeah, i'm yeah, like yeah. that would be fucking awesome oh, <laughs> just totally, to have totally. that much attention yeah but where, be I'm that com- adored. From, where i'm coming from i'm gonna <laughs> yeah. be like that will happen i'm saying like yeah, five six yeah. years yeah yeah when keggers. that happens when? Yeah. we're gonna fucking show up <laughs> Look out. um all right oh i got a few i got a few here these are all Okay, okay. So, Take the Money and Run. Okay. It's about two young bandits. Yep. Running from the law. You know I've taken money and ran. Yeah. And and it's about these two bandits running from the law and the detective that is pursuing them. So, if if you, say you uh, robbed a bank, something extreme like that, and you had to run, like, as in, like, you can never come back to this town again, run from the law. What yeah. would be your, your strategy? Well, Jackie, I would have to, like, I have experience. Yeah, this, I know, but I mean in, like, a extreme... In an extreme yeah, thing, yeah. where I would go is, um, I feel like i got to tell the story. Have I told the, have I told the run from the law story? I don't think you have. Jackie, I was just a podcast. boy. I was just a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a phone call from a friend of mine, and like when I was uh, like 14, 14, 15, I was making terrible decisions. Mm-hmm. And um, a friend of mine called me to make another terrible decision that day, right? Yeah. So I skipped school, and I went out to his house, and we ended up breaking into somebody's house. And then we got caught for it, and when the police were coming, we ran. So I was like a 14-year-old kid. He, We were at his house, and the kind of neighborhood knew yeah. that it was him, but they yeah. didn't know who I was. 
So at the time, he was like, take a change of clothes and get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. And then so I started running. And as soon as I ran, the police were like right behind me and I was on a bicycle. Right. And I ran. And if any of the listeners want to look up the distance from Fruitvale to Trail, British Columbia, um, I did that 14 years old on foot from like five police officers and a dog that were very, very mm-hmm. adamant on catching me. And the only reason that I kept running because when they told me they were going to kick the shit out of me when they got me, right? So I'm like, well, you're just probably not going to catch me. Mm-hmm. Fantastic story. All of that stuff, uh, ooh, it gets deeper. We don't yeah. need to get yeah. um, completely into how I did it, but yeah. it, it basically I had to stop, change clothes again, stop, get um, to a highway that was safe, hitchhike, get picked up, get lucky. You know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of like the, um, the things that go in with... Um, like with running from the law takes uh, cooperation from people that you trust. Yeah. Um, takes um, cutting. Yeah. And skill and determination. Conniving. Absolutely. You got to be one step ahead of them. Yes, and you have to be a piece of shit that's willing to take some money. Yeah. <laughs> I learned my lesson, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, where I'm at now in a situation where I know the repercussions from that, mm-hmm. and I know what it's going to take to, um, you know come back from that like retribution is easy to achieve when you're a 14 year old piece of shit <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're 31 yeah, yeah. and you can kind of look back at that now yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean i think i've like uh you know what i mean i think i've learned enough that uh yeah so if i was ever in a situation again where i was going to um where i had an opportunity to take the money and run yeah it would be a lot of fucking money and i'd have to run very far yeah so you would need some sort of vehicle for sure you would need to like it would need to be thought of in advance so you need like multiple plates there's things to, to do there's, well, well, there's, yeah. there's two ways yeah. to look at it jackie because the one um is cash how much cash is enough to mm-hmm. to to go presumably for the rest of your life or enough to change an identity and get to a place exactly. where nobody's ever going to recognize you and how and much me, is at six foot three with a red yeah. fucking beard i'm pretty fucking easy to recognize right uh, so yeah, then yeah. do you go cash because cash is heavy mm-hmm. can you transport cash can you mm-hmm. take like is it worth the risk to travel with um uh, said cash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Because I mean, if you were, if we're talking about, mm-hmm. um, you know, what are the bills that you have stolen? Say you had, you know, say you got like twenties and fifties or whatever, because mm-hmm. they're easy to spend. But yeah. if you have millions of dollars worth of twenties and fifties, it's like a truckload a of cash. Yeah, if yeah. you have hundreds and or, you know, thousands and stuff like that, which are a little mm-hmm. bit more difficult to move around. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're going to have um, a, like a harder time spending them, but uh, a little bit of an easier time transporting them. Or um, would it be like some kind of like cyber crime of some shit that I have no idea about? Oh, so because yeah. of that, I don't yeah. know. So like I know how to like build shit and pick stuff up <laughs> and yeah. move stuff or whatever, right? So I would yeah. probably have to go with something that would be like um, more um, like hard, like cold hard cash kind of based or whatever, yeah. right? Because then you have like uh, diamonds or yeah. art or anything like that, yeah. right? So if you were doing that, then you have to find a place to sell that, right? right. Nobody wants to buy a stolen painting because they can't display it. Or, you know, or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, if, unless you sell it to like a fucking like a mob boss or something. There's this really cool story of um, a mob boss displaying um, a piece of art for like the heads of all these other families when they went to yeah. visit, and it was um, I can't remember which piece of art it is, but it's um, it's it's the, the it's it's like a king standing in front of some fucking thing, mm-hmm. but it's the same piece of art that when James Bond goes into Doctor No's um, mm-hmm. lair, yeah, um, he walks into this lair and there's mm-hmm. like a little four step. Um, going up and he's kind of following Dr. No as he goes and James Bond notices this painting and he stops and he remarks at it for a second because when the year that that movie came out was like a year after that painting got stolen or whatever right. and it was rumored to, to be, to um, be that, yeah. in possession of organized crime, right? So you'd have to like yeah. know somebody like that that would want it for their own ego. You know what I mean, right? Like the yeah. the, the, the world of, org- of, of crime like that is fucking insane, right? So if you yeah. got uh, like an opportunity like this, it would have to be dumb luck. You'd have to take it and mm-hmm. you would have to go, I think... 
like somewhere remote yeah you'd have to go to some sort of like secluded place out of mm-hmm. the country in my uh, so yeah, I th- but in your head you want to do the bahamas in your head you want to go to the exactly. island in your head you want to go somewhere you'd nice right somewhere but warm, in, when you but go somewhere nice then you're also in a place that um you know the the financial and the political um uh, state of whatever country that you're in yeah. are going to notice a new person there with a lot of cash. You're kind of setting yourself up to be a mm-hmm. target, you know, all that stuff. So when I'm saying remote, I'm saying like, like Northern British Columbia. Yeah, in the woods. You know what I mean? Yeah, or yeah. yeah right. Like which fucking uh, uh, Breaking Bad style yeah, when he's to like a place where you can't enjoy the money, which becomes like at the end of Breaking Bad it, right? when he has to go live in that fucking shed in the middle of nowhere right? type thing. Yeah, I think um, if you're in a situation like that, especially if you're like not like a, a a kid first of all if you're s- like stealing a huge sum of money and you know that in order to get away with it you're gonna have to disappear it, there has to be something leading up to it that's like i can't live this life anymore but in order to get out i need a mass amount of money like no one ever just there has to be it's like a risk reward type thing so you're gonna get it you're what you're every losing. time you commit a crime you better do that you better but those in this odds. scenario <laughs> what you're losing is your entire life up to this point so whatever it has to be enough money and your life has to be bad enough beforehand that you're willing to walk away from everything just so you can be on the run and live in some remote location with this lump sum sum of money 15 million dollars right so, but like, you know what I mean? It's like million. you're, yeah. <laughs> That's it's like before, I, I think like beforehand, it would have to be like so premeditated and your life beforehand would have to be shit. Like, so shit that you're just going to fucking peace out. Yes. I think that that's yeah. the thing. Like, I'm, you'd have to have enough time to kind of change your identity. By the time like I got up, up north, I would buy... Set up, well, like, connections. No, like, people who are going to help you along the way. I'd bury yeah. it. I'd bury the fucking shit out of that. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't talk about this because if it ever comes up in court, then they're... Yeah. <laughs> Where is it buried? <laughs> um, yeah. No, I would I would, I would, I would bury it in unmarked locations and then, uh, and then I, would I wouldn't disclose that... Um, that information. Like the thing the that ocean. you have to the thing that you have to worry about is uh, is cash can deteriorate, right? Or mm-hmm. like it's uh, you know they say it's waterproof and stuff like that. But over a period of time, like if you're gonna yeah. bury money, then you have to like it, the earth is gonna get at it, right? So you right. know you have to like take care of that. I think um, sinking it again, like you, if you could, you know, if you if it's if, for a short if short it, term. It, well yeah, but if you yeah. had something you know completely airtight or whatever yeah. that you could you could do that. The thing is like you'd have to also be able to like retrieve it. Yeah. Right. So, like, I mean, if you're gonna sink it in the middle of the lake, you have to hope that some fucking idiot doesn't come there with a crab pot, fucking jar, you know, bar. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like in lakes, people uh, that want to swim in them, they'll take uh, uh, things on the back of their boats and kind of drag up the, mm-hmm. the seaweed and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? There's so many. There's so much potential. Ocean. I like the middle of the ocean. And See you again, just scoop right? It down. Uh, yeah, but again, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you need to think about the depth. You need to think about the mm-hmm. like well, all, I mean, all like the all logistics that it takes to get there. Where no one is going to be fishing or have any crap any any trap set up or anything like that it would it would be it would be incredible i mean that's why i i think i would go to because like if if i was going to do that then then more people know Mm -hmm. the more people know the the more chance that you have right because then you have to hire a boat camp and to get you out there and fucking all the thing right well jackie then you know what then you fucking sink it (laughs) i'm not sinking it i'm burying my shit and final answer i'm the captain of this boat (laughs) well yeah everybody knows that (laughs) okay um so steve miller his mom uh, was a singer, and his dad was a recording engineer. So okay. a lot of their family friends were musicians and like big musicians. 
um so like t-bone walker used to hang out at their house a lot as well as uh les paul and his wife and yeah the les paul taught steve was his steve's first guitar teacher when he was five years old and then when he Kid was never had a chance yeah and then when he was nine t-bone walker taught him how to play lead guitar um so what is a skill that you were taught when you were really young like that that you still use now i could blast a fart like <laughs> um skill that i was taught really young that i still use now my um my uncle was involved with, like the knights of columbus and all that stuff i don't know mm-hmm. exactly who they are but they put on a um uh, like a like a basketball tournament or whatever, so mm-hmm. like free throw champion and stuff, um, free throw free throw championships and mm-hmm. skills competitions and all that other shit. Um, and when I was a kid, my brother won it. I never I never won it, but my brother was pretty good from the free throw line. But I'm a better like all around basketball player, and I think that mm-hmm. was because my you know um, I had a family member that was that was into it, and um, he was my great uncle, so his um, daughter is like. N- now head of um, like UBC's athletic department. Her husband is the head of the like UBC mm-hmm. uh, men's basketball mm-hmm. um, program. So that uh, was definitely something there. Like I before I even went into like um, like a PE class to mm-hmm. like play basketball. Like I already knew how to like I already like kind of right. knew the fundamentals and like how to how a shot works. And uh, yeah, I was figured out the mechanics to that. Like I'm still pretty good. You saw me out there. You know yeah. I mean? Kid can shoot. Kid can shoot. Better than, than me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks for the thanks for the confidence. I'm fucking draining threes out there. Fucking no no props. What are you gonna do? I'm just joking. I'm just it took me like fucking twenty minutes to get one. Oh yeah, I was there. I was there. <laughs> but was the kid brutal. is nice. But the kid yeah. is nice. Yeah. You know? Um, so it'd be either that or just like how to like um like simple stuff. My my grandfather was always like tinkering mm-hmm. and uh there's like always like men around like working in on cars and um you know like in the shop and stuff like that so like i'm i know how to like swing a hammer and turn a wrench and stuff like yeah, that so yeah. i think like that that kind of stuff is just being like mechanically inclined and mm-hmm. shit. so i think that would be it yeah. i wish it was i wish it was guitar solos yeah right <laughs> yeah. yeah i think um i don't know i think definitely one is like because my my dad is an it guy i started doing shit on the computer when i was like but as as young as I can remember, yeah. I was like w- working on a computer. It's probably like fucking. When did we move to Abbey Road? I was probably like four or five. You live on and Abbey Road. Yeah, there's a road on. Uh, uh, we probably drove by it when we went to my my place on the the island. But yeah, there's a road. Um, about five minutes. Did your parents buy a house on Abbey Road? We to rented. Say that, to we, just yeah. to, okay. <laughs> we lived there. So when we moved to the island, we lived in this one place. For a really short period of time and then we moved to this place on a road called abbey road in in maple bay that's very very close to where to where our current house is um and we rented there until i was however old you are in grade two eight uh seven or eight and then we that's when my my parents bought the the place out yeah seven that makes sense yeah because 20 years yeah so that's where my parents yeah bought the place for currently but yeah we used to live on this house on abbey road and that uh that the fucking road sign you can imagine how many times it's been stolen and so now it's like fucking like 
welded to the top of the stop sign and like fucking cemented into the ground and um shelby she um her her boyfriend at the time uh years and years ago when we were in high school stole um wanted to steal this road sign of abbey road for her uh but even by then like people had already stole it so many times so he had to steal the whole fucking stop sign and then drove home in his fucking Civic with the, the with stop sign hanging out the back window being like, holy fuck, I hope, like, no cops see me on this that drive. That is fucking awesome. And, yeah, to this day, Shelby has this fucking, yeah, the Abbey Road sign from the road where I used to live <laughs> on her wall. That is fucking classic. Yeah. We have, um, there's a DeVito Drive and Trail and, uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't have few. one. My uncle has one. I think my dad has yeah, one. Yeah, there are a few on the island that get stolen a lot. Abbey Road is definitely definitely one of them. But yeah, I lived on Abbey Road for a period of time. And uh we had a computer in the kitchen that I used all the fucking time. And so I think I'm like really good with computers because I've always always you uh, yeah if them? like i'll mm-hmm. take the i'll take the basketball if you could have the computer because <laughs> like well, yeah no you do everything <laughs> yeah and the other thing i would say is um we were talking about it last night when uh i used to as like a young kid i didn't understand the difference between telling someone about something that happened and like telling a story and so my mom Who's like naturally a good storyteller? Oh, we were talking about this last yeah, night. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And so she would, as good storytellers do, exaggerate the good parts of it. Yeah, and Richie, it would be like pretty. Fuck. Yeah, and it'd be like immediate, you know? Like as soon as it happens and you relay it to someone, like already you start, you know? Because you want to entertain the person. But as 100%. a kid, as a kid, I didn't understand that. I was probably like eight, eight or nine. And I remember one day. Uh, something had happened and right after she was telling the story to my dad in the car and I was like a kid and I didn't understand what telling a story was. Yeah, and you so, had journalistic integrity. Yeah, and so I just kept interrupting to be uh, like, that's not how it happened. And my dad was like to me, like, it's a, it's a story now. So we're going to let it be a story. And like, it doesn't have to be. Like, he basically explained to me what, what storytelling was. Yeah. And so from that point, you know, I was like, oh, we're going to embellish it. <laughs> yeah. There's a little room for hyperbole here. Yeah, it's fine. yeah. And you so know. I'm pretty, like, uh, pretty shameless about exaggerating elements of stories. Because, and I get annoyed when people, like, are fucking, that's not how it happened. I'm like, Check I fucking it. know. I bet lunch I yesterday with my brother <laughs> yeah. and my mom. I'm sitting down, fantastic lunch. My auntie's mm-hmm. there. Everybody's having fun. And we haven't seen each other all, we haven't all been together in a very long time. Mm-hmm. We're telling remember wins. Mm-hmm. I'm telling remember wins. My brother's fucking calling bullshit on like half the stories. Those don't know how it happened. Fuck you, man. Yeah. Of course it was. I know. I might exaggerate a little happened, bit, but, but it fucking like, went down. Come but on. But it's better when I say it this way. Dick. Yeah, yeah. Dickhead. <laughs> yeah. Is it 10 cars in the parking lot or 20? It's 20 when I tell it because it's absurd. Exactly. You, If you're telling a story, if you're, so if you're fucking talking to the cops or a detective and they're like, tell me what happened this night, you're not going to fucking You don't say a, a fucking word, Jack. Yeah, you yeah. You say you want my fucking yeah, yeah. lawyer. But, like, I'm saying the difference, I'm saying there's a difference between relaying past information and telling a story about something interesting that happened that you're going to go through the effort 
of making more entertaining for your listeners by embellishing certain parts. And if you don't, you're a fucking shitty storyteller. (laughs) And And no one, and that's why you see people's eyes glaze over when you tell stories for fucking five, ten minutes on end because you're not making it interesting. Add a little pizzazz, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. This is show business. Come on. (laughs) 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 Give them the hi hat, Jack. You got something else we land on this plane? I got one more. Okay. So in 1972, Steve Miller uh, got in a car accident and broke his neck, and uh, which put him out of 72. 1972. So four years before this album came out, and that put him out of commission for like a year. And during that time is when he wrote like a lot of these these hits. Mm -hmm. Um, What is one near death experience that you've had? I like how you emphasized one. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, one that uh, that kind of comes up or that came up today, uh, just having breakfast this morning. Mm-hmm. Got a couple things we're going to clean up. We're going to yeah. have somebody new moving into the apartment and stuff. So yeah. um, I wanted just to like wolf down some food and then mm-hmm. uh, and get after uh, the shit that I had to get after. And mm-hmm. I just... Um, I, d- I didn't necessarily choke, but I had, uh, it was like a mix of like indigestion, whatever was happening, but you could just kind of feel this lump in my throat going down. And I haven't had that in a very long time. And mm-hmm. I've choked on so many fucking things leading up to my throat surgery in uh, 2013, 2012, 2013 or whatever. So before um, I had that surgery, my uh, esophagus was like constricted because there's so much scar tissue and stuff from, um, from the acid reflux and things that I had. So I would choke like pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, my brother gave me the Heimlich maneuver when I did, um, when I was eating mini wheats, I just like ran upstairs and like, I'm choking. Like my airway is completely blocked off. And I was like a kid at that point. So I'm staring down the drain. And your brother knew how to give you the Heimlich maneuver. Or did he just fucking wing it? No, my brother's been pretty like, uh, yeah. like I, at that time he was in like, um, like sea cadets and shit okay, so he had okay, like a flick yeah, of yeah, um yeah. some yeah. kind of like maybe like yeah, a level yeah, one training, first aid yeah. or just like basic um knowledge yeah. of, of how to do that or whatever so um that happened um cereal was bad for me some uh life cereal mm-hmm. the most ironic <laughs> fucking thing yeah. you'll ever choke on is life <laughs> and um that uh that was kind of a similar situation but the guys that i was with didn't know how to do the heimlich maneuver so i was basically just like bent over a railing and some guys just like hammering on my back do you know how to like do it if you're alone no no i never yeah i I didn't even know that was possible but i'm gonna look into that i mean you like (laughs) throw yourself against a chair it's on one episode of 30 rock uh uh tina fey's character liz lemon um is gets like very paranoid that she's she lives alone she gets very paranoid that she's gonna choke yeah and so like um yeah one day she starts choking just like fucking yeah. throws herself against a chair like repeatedly i think about it a lot that one's it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's really fucking terrifying because um like it's the i mean anything that's like super sudden obviously there's been like like near car accidents or some like mm-hmm. some you know some bad slip and falls or whatever i fell on a snowboard one time mm-hmm. and i just like looked up and i saw this like tree stump just like sticking out i was like if i was like six inches yeah. forward or whatever you know so it's like stuff like that yeah um has happened uh, quite a bit in my life but the the choking is always weird because it's just like i'm having a conversation with mm-hmm. you right now and i'm just like kind of like hovering through like the food that is mm-hmm. you're ingesting to keep you alive yeah you know yeah. what i mean like so that's the fucking thing where everything com- like immediately stops 
and when your airway is blocked off you go into immediate panic mode and like that's that that those ones are the worst to me yeah they're fucking terrifying but i got to the point where like they happen so often Mm -hmm. and like i could like force them down like pretty quick i was eating chinese food in the mall uh food court in vernon Mm -hmm. uh with shelby and my friend Shelby, your friend Shelby, yeah. there's a lot of Shelby's, um, it was my buddy and we, um, I was choking, like, I, I just looked at him and I said, I'm choking right now, we need to go to the bathroom, you need to give me the Heimlich maneuver, and he's just like, right now? And so I just, like, I could feel it happening, like, it, was, it wasn't about to happen yet, but it was, like, on its way down. Yeah. So we got up and uh, he gave me the Heimlich maneuver in the bathroom and there was this guy with his kid in the stall and they came out and they were looking at me and they were like, you okay, man? And I was like, yeah, that was, that was wild and I'm just like, take a breath. Yeah. I looked at him and I was like, okay, we're good. I just walked back to the table mm-hmm. and I finished my meal. Yeah. And Shelby was looking at me like, what the fuck, man? And even the guy with his kid was like, why are you still eating that? Yeah. I was like, well, I'm, you know, just a little, yeah. a little fast. You yeah. Know? But um, <laughs> after I had my surgery, I like um, drank my meals for like two or three months after that while my right. throat was um, healing. healing. And yeah. then um, after that, I was very cautious and like over chewing like everything that I ever ate for like a long time. Yeah. Um, I guess like uh, until today yeah and like yeah so yeah. I, in, in a, like seven years later or something mm-hmm. like that like i have my first like m- like memory yeah Ooh, and it wasn't good jackie that just happened this morning yeah. i was like oh, okay yeah so we're, we're back to chewing slow yeah i get paranoid about that um as well and like it's and i get so like so like weirdly i don't know superstitious is the right word but in my head i get so worried about like choking if i'm like alone and then i'm like but if i look up how to do it then that means it's gonna happen so jackie i'm I'm, I'm eating frosted flakes one time and i just moved to vernon and uh, my girlfriend at the time she was at work and i'd gotten off work or i was gotten off school or whatever but Mm -hmm. it was in the evening and i was sitting down like watching cartoons smoking bong Mm -hmm. with a big bowl of frosted flakes loving life Mm -hmm. everything is awesome and then i choke on it or like my airway starts like you know get blocked off right mm-hmm. and i've been here a bunch of times before so i started to lose my shit mm-hmm. and i opened the um uh the door to the hallway yeah because at this point like my airways is pretty well blocked off um i'm still like just barely breathing but i'm like oh, you know what i mean like this is this is a this is the time where i need help like seriously yeah. so i start running down the hallway banging on every door in the apartment and nobody comes out and I get to the end of the hallway and I'm banging on the last door mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, help. And the, the th- thing goes down. Oh, my God. <laughs> and at that point, I'm just out there and I'm just like, hi. And like my, my, my apartment door is open, smoke everywhere. And I'm like, well, this is fucking embarrassing. So I just run down the hallway when I've been like pounding on every door. And then I just like <laughs> close the door and I'm behind there and I'm like freaking yeah. out. Like, so I like look out the window. And, like, a couple of people start, like, poking their heads out the door. And, then, like, I open the door. And, I'm, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I was so yeah. fucking embarrassed. But, like, yeah. I, they had to have known it was because my, my face is red. So I'm red. Yeah, like, yeah, over, yeah. like, you know, like, breathing pretty heavy and shit like that. Yeah. But, like, at that point, I yeah. be like, oh, I was going to die a couple seconds ago. Yeah, I get pretty. I, f- I fucking uh, laugh. Yeah, cereal's year. like, but I got, like, a tattoo of Tony the Tiger, but I don't eat cereal very yeah. often. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, I was going through this thing. It was, like, around this time last year when like uh shit started hitting the fan in my life and like i would get this like weird like anxious thing where whenever i ate 
Um, and I was also like working so much at this yeah. time. Yeah. And so I would get home so late and be like, I just need to eat something and I wouldn't really be thinking about it. And I would get this weird like anxiety thing where I would start to swallow something and I would like overthink it. Fuck. And then I'd start like free. It would be like kind of like hat, like right at the top of my yeah. throat. So it's like in my, I have the choice to either try and like keep swallowing it or like cough it up. And then I would just be sitting there try to go up over, go overthinking it and just like trying to breathe. Cause I could still breathe at this point, yeah. but it's like, it just, cause I was overthinking it totally. so much. Um, but, but yeah, I think I, even now, I mean, like now, cause I'm not, I don't, um, uh, like I live, I live alone, but I'm not often like eating alone, you know, like yeah. we usually, uh, I like I'll have like breakfast, but also when I'm eating at home, I'm usually like in a rush. I'm not at home that much. And so I still have to like, you know, remind myself yeah. to fucking chew, chew slowly and, and shit like that. Slow but, uh, down. Yeah, but um, it, uh, for so the the other one you were saying, uh, falling while you were snowboarding. There was one time where me and uh, when we were when we were kids, we were up the mountain fucking every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and one time, me and Kelly, we were so young. I was probably like maybe six, and so he would have been like four. Maybe he was five, and I was seven. It was something like that. But even seven feels like I was too old we were so we were super young um and we were skiing and like we we were confident skiers from a young age because we skied so much and so we'd veer off and go down the trails and uh mount washington on the island is a pretty small mountain yeah so we knew the whole mountain so well yeah and my parents didn't really like worry that much because they're like they know this mountain if you grow up on it i did yeah. red mountain has a lot of train and stuff like yeah, that and a lot yeah, of it's pretty yeah. dangerous but we grew up around like really competent skiers mm-hmm. and we um you know we had a lot of like uh, exactly like avalanche training and stuff like that even like that like we would go you know like, they they nowadays parents I, I don't know what they're doing with the kids but yeah. it sounds like there's a little bit more uh yeah you know more oversight than we had yeah uh, and we started skiing from such an early age like we moved to the island when i was yeah me and my brother like we were good young like we yeah. were like we were like hiking backcountry at like fucking like 15 or something. yeah like, fucking moved, stupid and dangerous but like that's what we were doing right yeah we moved to the island when i was two or three it was like right after kelly was born and um but before then we were living in squamish and i know that i like my first ski lessons were in whistler yeah so i was super fucking young but anyways and so when skiing with my parents we would be skiing together we'd go up the chairlift together and stuff but then they knew we would kind of like you know go have fun and go you down the trails yeah, and shit and then we'd fuck meet off into the trees and shit like and that and then we'd and meet at the bottom yeah, of the chairlift course. again yeah so this one time me and kelly go off you know skirt skirting in the in the trail go skirt and we both somehow ended up falling into this tree well. It's two in the same? Yeah. Dummies. Yeah. That so, is yeah. shitty. So those of you who don't know, when you're on a ski mountain, there's so much snow and there's all these trees. But there's this area um, underneath a tree where the branches are covering the, the snowfall. So there's not as much snow right around the trunk if you but picture a christmas tree it, as it comes out yeah. it comes out f- wider at the bottom so wider at the bottom exactly. there you basically have that same diameter hole underneath the tree exactly yeah. yeah but there's usually like a little bit of snow so you can't like oh well it like it all sloughs down right exactly yeah. you can't physically see the hole but there's this huge well fuck when you get caught you go, in them too and like, they're super ugh. fucking dangerous like so many people have died that way yeah. because especially because all on the trees 
all of this snow piles up. So if uh, all this snow decides that this is the moment to fall off the branches, you're fucked. You're, you're buried, buried alive. and you're fucked, yeah. And so me and Kelly... Real fucking scary. Yeah, got caught super fucking young in this tree well. And I remember we were down there just, like, yelling. Just, like, like freaking out. Like, yelling up. And basically what happened... We were with my dad. And I'm, he, like, you know, went down the ski hill. And, like, from his... Pers- I'm sure he was fucking freaking Fuck out. Yeah. Because he gets to the bottom. We're not there. Timmy's remember, super dad. He's going to lose he, his fucking mind. Yeah. And so I remember being in this tree while yelling. And we were so fucking lucky that this other, like, older man... Not older man. He was probably, I don't know. I have no idea how old he was. He was older than us. He was an adult. Luckily, this older man found us in a hole. There's not anything anybody's ever said. Yeah. (laughs) But he happened to be skiing on those same trails and happened to hear us yelling. And so this guy helped us out of the the well just by pure, pure fate. And then after that was when, so that was a horrific experience. And then after that was when my parents immediately bought like five walkie talkies and because this was before the day of, of cell phones i think cell phones existed at this point no. but they were huge but like no the motorola walkie talkies my brother carried those two. exactly yeah. and so on the mountain like from that day onwards we always had yeah. like the fucking walkie talkies and totally. that was like what made us <laughs> do that because we it was no like i mean that's like such a, i totally way. i forgot that we yeah. even had those i remember my yeah. we, they bought us like a, a two pack and they were great because whatever channel that you were on exactly yeah. you know what i mean like somebody on the hill is gonna have them right mm-hmm. um, we used to have so much fun with them too we used to have oh that like God. with skis that would suck like um falling into a tree well could be such a pain in the ass because like we said it funnels down right mm-hmm. so when i fell in I'm still, like, even when I was a kid, I was still, like, six feet tall. Mm-hmm. That means my board is, you know what I mean? I'm about as tall as I am. So, like, when I would, like, um, the few times that I was ever stuck in, in a tree well, my board was always kind of, like, spanned across it. Mm-hmm. And once you can't slough the snow, you know, like, uh, away enough for you to crawl out, yeah. especially in, like, a really soft snow kind of thing, you just, like, you're, you know, you're just digging to nowhere kind of thing. Um, so then with um because i never skied i always snowboarded so i'd have to take my board off and then trying to hike like to climb out of that hole Mm -hmm. became so goddamn difficult that you're basically taking your snowboard and you're like tamping down all the snow and trying to like make a shelf out of it that you could then lean on and like make a step and step as you go up and fuck me if you're not tired by the time that you get out of there i don't care if you're a fucking marathon runner or whatever but just like struggling in like as a you know as like a like a teenager in panic mode you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and like you know, struggling to get out of that hole because yeah. the best skiing in the world. I mean, well, I shouldn't say like local. I mean, I mean, obviously there's great skiing all over the world, but like the best. It, we have some of the, the the best snow here. Some of the some of the greatest yeah. mountains. And I was lucky enough to grow up on like pretty world class mountain, but without yeah. like um the amount of like tourism and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So like on a Saturday it'd be packed, but like on a powder day. Me and my brother would pretend to go to school. My mom would yeah. leave to go to work. We would like come back through the back door, grab all of our snowboard gear, hike, hitchhike up to the fucking mountain. Nobody knew that we're up there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you're riding like intense fucking train. When you're thinking about it now, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I would probably second guess a lot of the stuff that I was riding as a kid because you're there with your friends. You're, you know, you're hyper experienced. You've been doing, you know, like that's all you do. Mm-hmm. That's all you think about. You know, so we, you know, I, I imagine the skills have deteriorated <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, to yeah. this day. And, and even like my, um, like my physical, like ability to, you know, 
yeah to probably do all that like my legs get fucking sore afterwards so even like the thought of like having to dig yourself out of that hole fuck me yeah and we were so, so young like that wasn't even uh, it wasn't even an op like we were so young and so and so small but yeah fucking like story when i think about stories like this and like all the fucking kind of close calls that me and my brothers mm-hmm. had as kids i'm like because like i'm I, I like i don't uh i, I don't like really it, i have so many jokes about how much i like don't want kids but i'm like at the age where like sometimes i'm like oh just like the idea of it is like kind of sure, nice to just yeah. have like a mini me I uh, would like because like the yeah. world is really fucked up, so I have this weird thing in my head yeah, that like if I got like the chance to do it, like wholesome. I would, yeah, like I would, no, I would raise the person that would change all this. Exactly. He yeah. Would, he would liberate the. There are he would liberate the people. He'd probably start smoking. Crack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, regardless of my jokes, I'm not like that, like absolute about it. Like sure. I still, but then like things like this, where I'm like, I would be such an anxious mess as a parent, and I fear that oh I would God. be like overbearing because I wouldn't be able <laughs> to handle not knowing where my kids were. Like, it would be so fucking stressful all the time. It would be interesting just, like, yeah, yeah knowing, like, the state of the world or whatever. It, like, so, like, dealing with, um, like, just, like, your children's safety mm-hmm. in any situation would be would be interesting. Because, like, you talk a lot of shit about, like, you know, we were different then or whatever. Parents mm-hmm. had to do whatever and stuff. And, like, which is fair. But, yeah, you know what I mean? Different kids, like, kids are yeah. so much different now. Yeah. Than we were, I mean. When I was 13, like, yeah, sure, I was, like, I was, like, more experienced in some things, but I was very much experienced in, yeah, uh, very much less experienced in other things, especially with, like, access to the internet and, yeah, you know, I was a pretty, pretty adventurous young lad, still a pretty Mm -hmm. adventurous uh, fellow, so, like, I mean, (laughs) given the, given the access to all that adventure from Mm -hmm. from a young age, yeah, I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably fucking rain it in too yeah <laughs> like, you listen to me well, fuck, yeah. man, I, just I would like definitely be like have their fucking like tracking on on their phones well, and all the, that yeah, shit like be like fucking I, checking up on them i think the problem for me is <laughs> like um but that at the same time if you're if you're a parent you want your kid to be normal you want to let them have their freedom and live their sure. life but oh my god the anxiety i don't know yeah. if i'd be able to handle it the thing it. for me is yeah. like i've got so much great advice as a young kid from people that had really been through some real shit and like when you get first-hand advice you think that you would take that information and it will help you out a little bit but i was like fuck you this is different now you don't know what's going on and then as i look back now i'm like hey that advice is perfect everything mm-hmm. that th- that person said would happen happened yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah. i mean right so i have a feeling like any offspring of mine just probably wouldn't you know heed my advice and it'd yeah. be like a fucking <laughs> shit show so yeah, yeah I'd probably i'm i'm okay with not yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> well, that was interesting. That was interesting. Well, we we yeah. ran the gamut on this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. This is fun app. Hell yeah. Fun app. <laughs> Next week, we're probably going to have some information for you guys. Fucking just hang out Fucking tune in. Tune in. And, um, like, subscribe. Thanks for watching. Yeah. Thank you so much for yeah. watching. Um, Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Peace.